Packers game day continues. In that situation, again, you know, the, the great teams uh, can finish off opponents in that situation. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. As long as we take it one game at a time, don't let nothing get ahead of us, uh, you know, stuff like that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to handle itself. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. They can't just limit us. They can't say, hey, it's two running backs in there. They All they're going to do is run the ball. You never know what we're going to do now. So I feel like it's just giving us more and more weapons. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. In front of about 500 fans on a cool, crisp evening for football, the Packers improved to 9-3 and with a 30-16 to win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Welcome to Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. A reminder that through December 31st, you can get no money down, no interest, and no payments for 12 months, plus $500 off qualifying orders at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. For details, visit PellaWI.com. I'm Greg Matzik. Anxious to hear from you following today's win at Lambeau Field, 30-16 to 16 the final. We'll take your calls until 9 o'clock tonight here on the Packers Radio Network, 855-616-1620. We'll also be joined by the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larvey. It was milestone Sunday at Lambeau Field. Devontae Adams eclipses 1,000 yards on the season, and Aaron Rodgers becomes the fastest to 400 touchdowns in NFL history. And Wayne... Uh, I'd have to count back, but I, I'm sure you had the call for each one of those. You, you've had 400 Aaron Rodgers touchdown calls in your broadcasting career. It's a, it's a marvelous, marvelous stat and a pretty remarkable run for Aaron Rodgers that will continue. Yeah, it's been an honor to just do his games, to broadcast his games, Greg, you know, and, and the uh, milestones and everything else. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a treat. It's been a tremendous treat, and I'm especially honored just to have the opportunity to be here for it. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here on the program. You know, Wayne, it was kind of an interesting game, maybe a sluggish, uh, more sluggish start than anticipated with the Eagles driving down 15 plays. They get a field goal to start things off. Packers come in, it's a three and out, sort of a self-sabotage drive to begin things. And then it really flipped, and the Packers settled in on offense. And for a while there, looked uh, unstoppable as the Eagles really had not a lot of fight of their own on offense. Yeah, I, uh, you know, again, the Eagles' offense is broken. There's no doubt about that. Jalen Hurts gave them a nice uh, lift. I mean, you know, a guy who comes in and can do those things. As John Kuhn and I was ta- were talking early, you know, in the uh, post game, uh, th- when that happens, it can really throw a defense uh, for a loop because the, the the whole position changes, the whole complexion changes. But I thought Carson Wentz and that Eagles' offense—you can tell it's broken. Um, they wanted to come in and shorten the game, long drives, ball possession. They did that for the most part in the first half and yet they trailed 14 to 3 so um you know that wasn't getting done and then they went to um, you know Jalen Hurts and they got a punt return <laughs> in addition to a Hurts touchdown drive and all of a sudden they're back in the game a game they had no business being in well you mentioned Hurts he, he definitely provided a dimension I mean Carson Wentz was under siege from the Packers defense it's not a great offensive line they're battling some injuries not quite as well as the Packers are handling their injuries and Carson Wentz really had nowhere to go he's not near as mobile after tearing his ACL a few years back Hertz was able to elude defenders on occasion and got him some yards really more during the soft zone portion of the defensive side of the football game but your point on special teams Wayne this is not a football game until that punt is returned for a touchdown and this has happened a couple of times now at Lambeau Field it seemed like special teams had sort of steadied the ship a little bit but this was a bit of a step back I thought 
Yeah, and we also saw some longer kick returns, too, Greg, than you'd like to see. Uh, but uh, the punt return, that, this is really a problem because there was a 91-yard punt return by Jacksonville and then uh, Rigger today. They put the rookie in there. They had Greg Ward as their normal punt returner. As a matter of fact, I thought it was Greg Ward back there, and Rager comes down, flying down the sideline, so I knew it wasn't Greg Ward. But uh, Rager goes 73 yards, and you're exactly right, made a game of it, gave the Eagles a lot of confidence that they could compete in this game and maybe pull off an un, um, you know, uh, an unlikely comeback victory. But I also, so, you know, got the problems on the punt return uh, coverage, but also on kickoff returns. I mean, you know, um, Boston Scott, four returns, 116 yards, 29-yard uh, average with a long gain of 46. He almost broke one. So uh, special teams, I was really surprised today because I agree with you. I think in recent weeks we've seen special teams kind of tighten the ship a little bit. And matter of fact, they played real well against Chicago, I thought, uh, Sunday night. But uh, here today, those uh, demons uh, reared their ugly head once again. And, Greg, this is something that can get you beat in January. Uh, it, it's something you've got to try to nail down and, and, and take care of uh, between now and the playoffs. Well, I guess my wonder, Wayne, is can you adjust on the fly? I mean, there's not a lot of contact uh, during the yeah. course of practice, during, especially during the season, right? How do, you, how do you fix it on the fly as you move into the final stretch of the season? Well, that's that's a, a good question, and of course, injuries always impact special teams. We never talk about that, but when somebody goes down uh, in your starting lineup, and all of a sudden you're taking a guy, probably especially if he's a linebacker or a defensive back, and putting him in as a starter, you're probably taking him off of some of your special teams coverage units, and that's where you know you see some of this happening. But I, I don't really see a, that a big factor in this, uh, I, you know. And again, I don't know if you can take care of that now. I don't know it, because sometimes it comes down to, you know. Um, being in the right place, the right time, that type of thing. And sometimes it comes down to athletic ability. Do you have athletic athletes on your special teams do, uh, good, that are good enough to cover these kicks and punts? And the, I think of the, the teams that have really good special teams, Greg, in addition to the three, um, the kicker, the punter, and the deep snapper, okay, the three specialists. Most teams that have really good special teams have almost five or six guys that are on the 53-man roster only to play special teams. Now, that's a tremendous luxury and a tremendous investment in special teams. But the good teams are like that. And Philadelphia played a couple of starting linebackers on all of their special teams coverage units. Um, you know, um, that Riley kid at outside linebacker and Singleton. The two outside linebackers are special team stalwarts. And Packers special teams compromised a little bit today with the injury to Tyler Irvin. He's, he's battled some wrist and rib injuries throughout the season. A move made during the week, Wayne, in, in acquiring Tavon Austin, picking him up. He's a, a street-free agent. I, you feel like he fits into whatever Irvin brings to the table, both in, a, in an offensive schematic standpoint and for the return game. I, I would imagine he's, he's maybe a little bit more than just Tyler Irvin insurance. Yeah, I think so. And I think you're going to see him next week. And, and again, I don't know um, what the status will be on Tyler Irvin uh, going forward this week. Hopefully he's going to be okay and play because he does play a nice role on that offense. But um, Tavon Austin will probably be returning uh, kicks and punts next week, I would imagine. Um, but that's just me. I'm just idle speculating. I don't think the coaching staff has even thought about that yet. But you would imagine that's probably how they might go to give the spe special teams a little bit of, of a shot there. Yeah, that was about this time last year, Tyler Irvin was a and he provided a dimension to the Packers' offense they so desperately needed. We'll see how Austin uh, can fit into Matt LaFleur's scheme. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, let's uh, grab a call here. It's Mike in Menominee Falls joining us in Packers OT. Hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, thanks for taking my calls. 
Yeah, I was really uh, the end. Of the result was I was really thrilled with the pack with the victory today. But I guess kind of listening to you guys, you kind of answered my question. I wondered, you know, how you felt in the fourth quarter there, where Philadelphia got uh, you know got those two touchdowns. And listening to Wayne, I think it was Wayne that just said, you know, kind of like the feeling I got is Philadelphia didn't deserve that, but they got it. You know, I wondered if you guys got a little nervous or just like uh, we'll be okay. You know, I, I wasn't nervous tonight. That's a good question, by the way. I wasn't nervous about the game necessarily tonight. I felt, you know, the Packers would get things taken care of. But what I'm thinking about is bigger than tonight. I'm thinking down the road in January because the Packers are going to play in January. And you know what? This A lot of this stuff has – and I know the coaching staff feels the same way. A lot of this stuff has got to be taken care of, got to be um, pulled together. And, you know, special teams can kill you in January. They really can. Um, and there's a lot of hidden yardage involved in it as well. I mean, you look at the uh, just today's game. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking up uh, the Stafford uh, average field position to start a drive. Okay, the Eagles averaged their 27 yard line. You know what the Packers averaged? Their 19 yard line. That's an eight yard difference. And you say, well, what's an eight? That's not a big deal. It's a huge deal in the game. That's a huge difference in field position. You know, so um, when when you struggle on special teams, sometimes. And some turnovers can come into play. The Packers didn't have any tonight. But special teams generally dictates field position. And, you know, the Eagles special teams dictated a a longer field, much longer field for the Packers to go. They had 81 yards to go on average. Philadelphia had a much shorter field than that. Well, and where that punt return was clustered in the game really made things interesting because it it, it came on the series after a a fourth and 18 was turned into a touchdown, which also, you know, against the Eagles, against Jacksonville, you probably get away with that. But, you know, Tennessee's coming to town in a couple of weeks here, Wayne. That's probably not the kind of team you can allow a punt return for a touchdown against, coupled with a fourth and 18 that turns into a score. Yeah, you know, no, you're right, Greg, and those are the things that these coaches will be working on all week. I guarantee you that. Um, you know, again, uh, I, I, the defense did some good things in this ball game today, and no question about that. You know, the seven sacks and everything else. But um, and, and, and you know, I think they've been very active, and I, I love the way they're starting to get that pressure. It's more reminiscent of what we saw last year, and I, I love the way Darnell Savage is coming along and, and starting to make plays in the secondary. He's the playmaker at safety. Okay, you know, Adrian Amos came to, from Chicago. He wasn't a playmaker. They told me that coming out of Chicago. He's, they said he won't make many plays, but he'll be where he's supposed to be, and he'll make every, sure everyone else is as well. Well, you need one of those guys in the secondary, and he's great at that, and that's what he does really well. Um, but, you know, Savage is the guy who has the athletic ability and has the, the big play potential back there at that safety position. You'd like to see the cornerbacks um, uh, come to four. I think, uh, you know, Jair Alexander had a couple of nice pass breakups. I can't wait to see him start intercepting the football. You know, that kind of thing. That's what the Packers need. They had one turnover today forced by the defense, and that's it. Um, you'd like to see two or three in a game like this, and it could have really changed the complexion of the game. But, hey, listen, uh, all in all, the Packers took care of business, Greg. I mean, you go down the scoreboard and see. look at how many teams didn't take care of business. Look what happened to Tennessee at home. They put 45 on Indy at Indy one week and then get beat at home this week. I mean, you know, it's a week-to-week league. If you can just kind of keep your head above water, get to the playoffs with a good record and maybe home field, that's going to make all the difference in the world. The shining example of what you just said, Wayne, perhaps in Seattle, where Colt McCoy yeah. and Alfred Morris knock off Russell Wilson and the Seahawks, and Seattle had a chance with under two minutes to go ahead and win that thing. 
Yeah, you know, and think about it. Who else would you want quarter outside of Aaron Rodgers? Who else besides Aaron Rodgers do you want with two minutes to go in a game to win the game for you? Russell Wilson. He does it all the time, and they couldn't get it done against the Giants. At home, by the way. Now, again, Seattle played in Philadelphia Monday night. Big transcontinental flights and all this other stuff. But come on now. You know, so I, I think, you know, sometimes we look at these Packers wins and we say, well, should, they should have been more impressive or, or the, hell, they only beat the Eagles. The Eagles are really struggling. Well, you've got to take care of business in this league. And the Green Bay Packers do that as well or better than anyone I can think of right now. They take care of business. Um, there are very few games. The only game I think they've lost this year where I could sit there and say, eh, they should have won that game. They were a pretty heavy favorite going in. Was the Minnesota game here? But, hey, Dalvin Cook went off, right? When Delvin Cook goes off, I'm sorry, you're probably going to lose. He's that great a player. So, um, but you know, the Packers take care of business. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't apologize for that. Uh, you know, be happy for a change. Don't say oh, it was an ugly win. Look at them, a terrible fourth quarter. No, come on. They won the football game, and they probably won it by more convincing than the final score would indicate. Yeah, 30 to 16, the final. If the Packers hold teams to under 20 points in a game. They're going to win that game 98 times out of 100 with this offense rolling the way it is. At least that's what it feels like anyway. We'll step aside here for a quick instant replay update, a look at some scores and highlights from around the league. Kind of an interesting structure to the schedule. We've got Tuesday night football coming up. Of course, Monday night football. The late game features the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos. They'll get started in about five minutes. Let's begin in Atlanta, shall we? With the Falcons hosting the NFC's top seed, the New Orleans Saints. Evan Hill in the gun, takes the snap and hands it off to Kamara, right up the middle, spinning, touchdown, Alvin Kamara! The one-legged spin right around the two-yard line, and the Saints punch it in on the opening drive here in the second half. Zach Streif with the call, WWL Radio, the Saints flagship. The Falcons would have a chance to win it at the end. Matt Ryan's Hill married was not answered, however. Saints hold on to win 21-16, securing a playoff berth in the process. New Orleans maintains its position as the number one seed in the NFC. An NFC North Division showdown in Detroit where the Lions trailed the Bears by 10 with three minutes to play. Second down at seven. Quick snap. Trubisky got a roll to the near side. He's got Komet. Turns his shoulders. Ten. Five. Hands zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Bears. Komet runs all the way into the tunnel as Cole Komet and a perfectly executed play. Trubisky, 11 yards for the touchdown. Uh, happy Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer with a call on WBBM. News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM in Chicago. Chicago, and Joniak and Thayer, Bears fans across the country, would not be happy with the final. The Lions roared back, a touchdown, and then a strip of Bears quarterback Mitch Trubisky to set up another score with just 90 seconds left. Two touchdowns in less than a minute for the Lions, who topped the Bears 34-30, both teams now 5-7. and seven. Wild game in Cleveland with the suddenly hot Browns hosting the explosive Titans. It was the Browns who stormed out to a sizable first-half lead. Mayfield from under center. Play action fake. Boot legs it out to the right. He's throwing down the right sideline. He's got Peoples-Jones wide open. He's gone. 20, 10, 5, touchdown! 75 yards on one play! Jim Donovan, Doug Deacon with the call. The Browns radio network. Tennessee would make it interesting with 28 second-half points, but that was not enough. Browns improved to 9-3 with a 41-35 win. Tennessee, now 8-4, will be in Green Bay a little bit later this month. 
Elsewhere around the league, Tua Tagovailoa, 296 yards and a touchdown. Dolphins improved to 8-4 with a 19-7 win over the Cincinnati Bengals. In overtime, the Vikings knock off the Jaguars 27-24. Chip shot field goal from Dan Bailey wins it for Minnesota. Raiders score a touchdown with just five seconds remaining to outlast the New York Jets 31-28. It's the Colts over the Houston Texans 26-20. Deshaun Watson, 341 yards passing in a losing effort. Out in the desert, the Los Angeles Rams earn a 10-point win over the Cardinals 38-28. It's the Rams now in first place in the NFC West, and that's because the Giants topped the Seahawks by a score of 17-12. The starting quarterback for the New York Giants... Colt McCoy. Patriots over the Chargers, 45-0 in Los Angeles. Broncos and Chiefs just about to get underway. Monday night football, it's a doubleheader. Washington on the road at Pittsburgh, Buffalo at San Francisco. Yes, there will be Tuesday night football with the Cowboys taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Third down, here's the snap, Wentz in the pocket, scrambles right, looking around, surrounded, swarmed under, and brought down. Back outside the 40-yard line. That time it was Kingsley Kiki on the sack. So the young Packers rushman getting into the act and thwarting this Philadelphia drive. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer Today, Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Craig Matzik and Wayne Larravee with you till 9 o'clock, and we'll take your calls at 855-616-1620. One of seven sacks on the night, officially seven sacks. I think a couple were just scrambles that uh, were barely behind the line of scrimmage, but nonetheless, the pressure more than adequate tonight, Wayne, and uh, more so against Carson Wentz than Jalen Hurts, as you might imagine. Uh, A depleted offensive line, I understand that. Uh, But you also look at uh, many of the situations on third down, you know, it was a, a predictable, let's get after the quarterback situation, and the Packers teed off taking advantage of the situation. Yeah, I think they did. And But, you know, we've seen the Packers' defense a little more active up front in some of the things they are, they're doing, tackles for loss and, and uh, sacks and pressures, that kind of thing. And, and, Greg, that's what I look at at the stat sheet when I want to see how the defense did. I look at sacks. They had seven tonight. Six tackles behind the line of scrimmage. That's a good number. Eleven quarterback hurries or hits. Um, one interception, four pass breakups. So that's a pretty active game for the defense. And I, I thought they've done a nice job of that recently. We're seeing more pressure. And again, Philadelphia's offensive line is in somewhat disarray, so is Chicago's. But nonetheless, the Packers did what they're supposed to do, and that is, you know, get after it. And they got after the Philadelphia quarterbacks. Yeah, an interesting nugget from Zadarius Smith following the game, Wayne, telling reporters that he and Preston Smith and Kenny Clark went to Mike Pettin this week, asking him to simplify things, to let them just get after the quarterback like they were used to doing. Uh, I guess I'd have to look at the tape to see if there was anything specific about tonight's game versus previous, but uh, I I like to see that sort of commentary, that back and forth between defensive coordinator and some of the defensive players where, you know, you've got that established level of trust. 
Yeah, I, I think so. I think they have that in that room, and uh, those are two established players, obviously veterans. And and uh, Mike Patton is a smart guy. He's you know he knows what he's doing, and and he knows when a player input is important, and it certainly is in in these this kind of a case. And maybe that's part of why they're they're playing at a little different level. I think they've ratcheted up the pressure. Next gen stats, uh, you know, the Packers were la- last in the league through eight weeks with pressure on the quarterback, and in the last three weeks or four weeks now. Uh, they've been among the league leaders in that category, and that's what they need because now you start seeing more turnovers coming. When you pressure a quarterback, your, your chances are go up that you'll get an interception or maybe a lost fumble or something like that will happen, and, and that's the thing I think they're looking for down the stretch here, to do a little bit more of that because that's what is going to be needed uh, come January. Packers improved to 9-3 and three with the win, 5-1 and one at home. They will go on the road in Week 14 to face the Detroit Lions. They've got Carolina and Tennessee also on the schedule along with the Chicago Bears. But you know the win today coupled with the Seattle Seahawks loss mean Green Bay is now in the number two position in the NFC. In fact, Seattle's fallen to the wild card spot. So the NFC West, I, that appears to be the most wild, wild West division. I, I guess maybe the NFC East, Wayne. I just... I have a hard time putting that in the same category because of you know the win-loss totals and whatnot, but <laughs> I, it, this is a wide-open NFC, and in some weeks, the Packers look like the best team. Other weeks, Tampa Bay has. Some weeks, New Orleans does. I, yeah. I think it's going to shape up for an incredible playoffs. Yeah, I do too, uh, Greg. It really, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Wide open in the NFC side, and, you know that's why I, you know you, when you look at the Packers, you sit there and say, okay, they're they're averaging thirty one points a game coming in, number one scoring team in the league coming into tonight's game, and 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 you look at that and you say, well, boy, if they could just get a little better on defense, a little bit. We're not asking for a lot. We're not asking uh, for the eighty five Bears to reappear here in the final four weeks of the season, but just uh, improve a little bit. And I see there's improvement. Improvement defensively. I see some incremental improvement. I, I don't like the way they've played when they've had big leads and, and you know, teams have gouged them for yardage and a couple of scores here and there and that type of thing. You know, I, 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 I don't like that as a fan looking at the game and watching the game as an observer. But, um, you know, I, I really think that if they can just improve a little bit. Kansas City, Greg, did not have a great defense last year, okay? They didn't have a great defense, but it was plenty good enough for the Chiefs not only to, um, you know, uh, uh, hey, listen, they'd fall behind by 21 points on average in their playoff games and then storm back and win. Their defense was good enough for that great offense. Well, the Packers have an offense that Aaron Rodgers is conducting right now that is really pretty great. And if your defense can just improve a little bit, and I think it can, and I think it's starting to, I'm seeing signs of that, and the Packers have a chance. Now, the other factor becomes special teams. Wow. Um, you know, you, you just can't allow punt returns for touchdowns and, and 30 yards per kickoff return and that kind of thing because that skews field position and, and that puts you behind the eight ball. You know, you look at the you look at the field today on field position on uh, punts and kicks. The special teams dictated the the Eagles played on a 73 yard field. Greg, the Packers played on an 81 yard field. Mm. That's not going to cut it against a good team. No, 99-yard drives are, are not easy to come by. The Packers were able to get one done today, and we'll talk more about that and more as we continue on Packers OT. Wayne, drive safe. Great call as always, and uh, always appreciate you joining the program following. My pleasure, Greg. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee steps out. We invite you to step in at 855-616-1620. We'll take your calls until 9 o'clock. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Rodgers in the shotgun. Slot left, single receiver right. 
Here's the snap. Rodgers fakes the handoff, throws the left side of the end zone. Leaping grab. Touchdown! Devontae Adams at that time. They were able to beat Darius Slay on a beautiful throw and a leaping grab in the left corner of the end zone. Sargento donates $2,000 for every touchdown to fight hunger through the Touchdowns for Hunger, benefiting Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. What a great program this is. It means a donation tonight of $8,000 to Touchdowns for Hunger to fight hunger in Wisconsin. Sargento will continue to donate $2,000 per touchdown to Touchdowns for Hunger throughout the season. One of two touchdowns on the afternoon for Devontae Adams in a 30-16 win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Welcome back to Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Greg Matzik with you until 9 o'clock. 855-616-1620. Interesting nugget here from Matt LaFleur. So two touchdown passes from Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams. The second one was number 400 of Aaron Rodgers' career. And this was a play that Aaron Rodgers changed at the line of scrimmage. Matt LaFleur apparently called a jet sweep on that particular play, but the Eagles had a look on defense that Rodgers thought was, eh, that's not going to work. LaFleur almost called a timeout, he tells reporters. Thank goodness he didn't. Rodgers flipped it to Adams, who bullied his way into the end zone for the touchdown. Pretty impressive play, and... Touchdown pass number 400 in Aaron Rodgers' remarkable career. 855-616-1620. Barry, thanks for holding. In California, you're on Packers OT. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Um, There were two things I was going to bring up. One of them uh, um, was the fact that when you watch MBS uh, two weeks ago, of course, the, the ball was knocked out of his hand. I don't think he was targeted at all last week. I could be wrong. This week... Uh, there were two passes that I thought that he should have had, one especially the one deep down. And it kind of reminds me of the way we used to have with Jermichael Finley. Jermichael had a phenomenal talent, very, very talented tight end. I think McCarthy kind of worked his whole offense around him one season, but he just had the drop seats. He could not hold on to the ball or make the difficult catch. Is there anything, as we head down to the final four games of the season, is there anything that could be done at this stage to, to to get him more involved and see if he can hold on? Or is basically what we see now is basically what we have as MBS as a receiver? And then the other thing I was going to bring up is we've been talking about the playoffs. Right now there's one bye, but I thought I had heard talk that they might not have any team having a bye, and they might have um, eight teams uh, playing on um, you know with the playoffs. And I didn't know if anything's been decided and if not, when they would decide, since there's only four weeks left to go in the season. I'll take your answers off the air, and thanks for taking my call. Yeah, appreciate it, Barry. Uh, with regard to the playoffs, as of now, yes, the top seed in each conference will have a first-round bye. They do have in their COVID-19 rules and regulations the opportunity to just throw every team out there in week one of the playoffs if they have to you know, cancel a game before the end of the regular season. Now, to this point, they have not. It's been pretty amazing. I think we've had football on pretty much every night except Friday of this regular season. So it looks like we are hurtling toward a playoffs that will feature one team from each conference with a bye and then seven others getting in and uh, ultimately having to figure out a way to play right away. So... Uh, It's going to be interesting once we get to the playoffs, and we got plenty of time to talk about that. As for MVS, this is the show. This is it. This is MVS in a nutshell. You are going to see the spectacular. You're going to see him blow the roof off of a defense. You're going to see him on an end around on occasion. You're also going to see him blocking quite well, which is, I think, an underappreciated aspect of his game that doesn't get talked about near enough. 
but you will also see him have a ball bounce off his shoulder pads like you did tonight. And when you're only getting one or two targets a game and you have an opportunity to get your hands in the ball, you got to make that play. So Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers both talked about their confidence level rising in MVS, and he was certainly much more a part of the offense when Alan Lazard was out. Well, now get Lazard back in, who is a, a, a trusted, I think a more trusted player in the eyes of Aaron Rodgers than MVS. The opportunities become a little bit more reduced for MVS, and then if you don't make those plays, then we got some problems. So this is the show with MVS. He's got all the talent. He's got the speed. He's going to flip field position in one reception, and he's going to have balls that bounce off his shoulder pads or his hands, contested ball, a ball right to him. It happens. It happens. And the best in the world drop passes. But MVS is still part of the discussion, unfortunately. And I think you saw it. I don't know if it was on back-to-back plays, but deep ball to MVS that he probably should have had. I think if you asked him, he'll say he should have caught it. And there was another one to Equinemia St. Brown. Rodgers had to elude pressure, bought some time, delivered a pretty well-thrown ball that it's like EQ had his arms up in a big circle and the ball went right through it. So those are the plays you have to make, especially come playoff time, to extend drives and ultimately burn some clock if you are in that situation. Uh, But yes, this is the show with MVS. What you get. It's going to be spectacular some weeks and... It's going to be frustrating other weeks. That's how it's been from the start. But for me, a confident MVS is the one you need to see on the field because we've seen what that MVS can do. And uh, his target share is going to drop a little bit with Alan Lazard and Robert Tanyan playing pretty well. You get Tavon Austin in the mix, and, and maybe there's a small package for him. We'll see how that all plays out. But MVS plays a, a mighty role, I think, in terms of blocking and as a deep threat. And his ability as a deep threat, it's going to keep defenses a little more honest in how they're able to attack Devontae Adams and Lazard and some of the other weapons that will be receiving passes from Aaron Rodgers. So he's a very important player, I think, on the roster. Uh, kind of a quiet day today, unfortunately marred by a drop on a deep ball. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Interesting slate of games. We'll get an update coming up in just a handful of minutes here. All the action from today's day in the NFL. 30-16 to 16, the final. Back with more of your calls coming up on the other side. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Third and seven for the Eagles, 24. The snap to Wentz. The rush is on. Wentz steps up. He eludes a couple of defenders in the pocket. Now he's hit and he'll be sacked. Back inside the 20 of the 19-yard line. Oh, they came with numbers. Dean Lowry, principal defender on the play. They also had Raven Green in there as well on the blitz. Through November, I'm sorry, December 31st, get no money down, no interest, and no payments for 12 months, plus $500 off qualifying orders at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Greg Matzik with you, Packers OTs, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, Green Bay improves to 9-3 and with a 30-16 to win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Let's talk to Doug in Baraboo on Packers OT. Thanks for holding Doug? Yeah, good evening, Greg. Uh, fun show as always. See, I wanted to comment on when you and Wayne were talking about the uh, Giants and the Seattle game and, and the Giants beating Seattle at home. And I think this is a perfect example of how things obviously have changed this year with the 
with the COVID and, and, and everything and not having fans in the stands. And I would bet a buck that Seattle would have won that game if their fans were in there. You know, as, as you know, they're known for their 12th man. I've been Seattle. I've been there for two games, and, and that noise is unbelievable. They scored, uh, the Giants scored those two touchdowns in the third quarter, and, and I, I bet if those fans were in the stand, there was, there's no way uh, the Giants uh, – uh, pull that game off, and it's important because obviously the it helps the Packers, in the, you know, in the standings with with the Seattle loss. So that's one thing. On a lighter note, my highlight tonight was watching uh, Dave Bakhtiari uh, showing up in the end zone on that 77-yard run by Jones. Um, that was fun. That whole play, Doug. I appreciate the phone call. I, I, I want to walk through that play. Just You have to keep in mind the time of game and what was going on because you were probably, for the first time, moving toward the edge of your seat, right? You had the punt return for a touchdown. Oh, boy, here we go. It's 23-16. Packers were dominant in this game, but it was close. I mean, it was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. Then you had the interception by Darnell Savage. That was nice. Uh, that came with about two minutes left in the game. But in between... With two minutes and 51 seconds to go, Aaron Jones goes blistering down the sideline, stop, start, maneuvering his way into the end zone, 77 yards for a touchdown. And to your point, Doug, David Bottieri was the second player in the end zone on that run. Uh, He was right behind Jones at about the 30-yard line, continued hustling downfield, got a couple of blocks, put his hat on a couple of players, and, and was able to keep Jones free. There was another player who did more on that particular play in terms of blocking, and it was MVS. You want to go back to MVS and his role and what gets overlooked? Yes, David Bottieri sprinting downfield. That's amazing. He's a 300-pound man, a $100 million left tackle, and there he goes, running stride for stride with the running back, trying to get his hat on somebody. There were only two players, I'm sorry, three players, further away from Aaron Jones on that particular play, that MVS. A couple of linemen and Aaron Rodgers. MVS went blistering down the field and really did get in the way and put his hat on a couple of players, allowing Jones to get into the end zone. So Bakhtiari, MVS, blocking, getting on their horses, trying to get in the way. That is the epitome of a team win. And that play, that's the one that gets put on the highlight reel. I, that is the play that coaches absolutely love. 2.51 left. You're up by one score, 77 yards from the end zone after a bad drive and a punt return for a touchdown against your team. How do you close the game out? Give it to your best back. Let them rip through the defense and get a couple of horses out there blocking for them to make life a little bit easier. That was an incredible play, I thought, in tonight's win. 30-16, to 16, the final. Pretty impressive stuff from the Packers today. Brent joins us next from Florence. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Brent. Hey, I just want to make a comment. I think that the Packers offense is just extreme. Uh, they look like they're on the practice field, executing everything to perfection. And I hope it keeps up through the end of the season and, and um, go Pack Go. Yeah, appreciate it, Brent. Yeah, it's going to get more difficult. We know that. Now, I, I will say this. The Packers against some of the quote-unquote better defenses in the NFL, uh, just from a numbers perspective, Indianapolis stands out. The Packers have had no issue hanging 40 on a team. 
right? They've done it against every team in the NFC North, including the Bears last weekend uh, in their anemic offense. So this team can score with the best of them. And I've said it before, and it is a true statement. The Packers have never won a Super Bowl without a top five defense. I don't think they're going to be a top five defense this year, but you better score more than 30 if you're going to beat the Packers with regularity. I know what happened in Tampa, happened in Tampa. That was ugly. That was self-sabotage. That was uncharacteristic, but it happened. You chalk it up as a loss and you move on. Bad day for the defense, bad day for the offense. It all came together in Tampa. But look what's happened to Tampa since then. And it does feel like the Packers are more in a groove now than they were at that time. And I think it's due in part to being a healthier team than they were when they faced Tampa Bay. Week to week, it's hard to figure out the NFC. Packers look like the best team for a stretch of time. The Saints, hard to argue with what they've done. Uh, The Rams, you start feeling good about them, then they have a setback. They win by 10 today over Arizona. There are teams out there that are better matchups than others for the Packers, and the playoffs are going to be very interesting. There's no question about that. Buckle up, everybody. Got about a four-week run here until we get to playoff football. Time for another instant replay update. A look at some scores and highlights from around the league. On a very busy Sunday, it's going to be busy on Monday and Tuesday as well. Bonus football in Minneapolis with the Vikings and Jaguars needing nearly all of overtime to settle their contest. Bailey from 23 to walk off. Snap spot. Bailey! Sixth win. The Vikings win 27-24. Bailey walks off a winner. Paul Allen with the call on KFAN and the Minnesota Vikings radio network. Dan Bailey's field goal with 149 left seals it for Minnesota. They improved to 6-6, six and six, good for second place in the NFC North. In Detroit, the Bears were in position to move to 6-6, six and six, but a Mitch Trubisky fumble with under two minutes to play set up the Lions for the game winner. Minute 42 to go, clock will start on the snap. Matthews got it, turns, gives to Peterson, left side. Barreling his way down to the one-yard line and in touchdown, Detroit Lions. He's into the house for the score, and the Lions are on top. Dan Miller, Lomas Brown with the call, courtesy of Lions Radio, 760 WJR in Detroit. One of two touchdowns for Peterson on the day. Detroit erases a 10-point lead with under three minutes left to earn a 34-30 win. Both Detroit and the Bears now sit at 5-7. The New York Jets were in position to earn win number one of the season. All they had to do was keep the Raiders out of the end zone on a third and ten from the 46. Everybody head for the end zone. Here comes pressure. 13 hurry up, seconds. Hurry up. And they've got, they come. got it off. Here comes Carr. Here steps come. back. Now he comes up. Going to fire again. Left side. Going for it. Ruggs. Ruggs has got it. Touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Vegas touchdown. Vegas touchdown. Jackpot. And away. Brent Musburger, Lincoln Kennedy with a call on the Compass Media Network, Las Vegas Raiders Radio. Raiders come from behind for a 31-28 win. The Jets now 0-12. They remain in line for the number one pick in April's draft. Elsewhere around the league, Patriots shut out the Chargers 45-0 in Los Angeles. The Giants do the Packers a solid with a 17-12 win at Seattle against Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Seahawks now the number five seed in the NFC playoff race and in second place in the NFC West. And that's because the Rams picked up a 10-point win of the Cardinals, 38-28 the final. Jared Goff, 37-47, 351 and a score in the victory. Colts earn a victory over the Houston Texans, 26-20 the final. 
The Dolphins improved to 8-4 and four with a 19-7 win over the Cincinnati Bengals. That defense for real in Miami. The Titans fall to the Cleveland Browns, 41-35 in a shootout. The Browns improved to 9-3 with the victory. Saints over the Falcons by a score of 21-16. New Orleans 10-2 on the season. Late game in action, tied at 3 near the end of the first quarter. Broncos and Chiefs. Monday Night Football features the Washington football team against the Pittsburgh Steelers in game number one. Bills and 49ers in game number two. Tuesday Night Football, yep, we're doing that. Cowboys against the Ravens. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Third down, Green Bay, almost five yards to go. Just outside the Philadelphia 25. Snap Rodgers, rush on, four-man rush. A-Rod in the pocket, escapes traffic. Now lofts it, right side, and he's got Tunyon, touchdown! Rodgers nearly sacked, able to escape, and found Tunyon wide open down the right side. The eighth touchdown of the season for Robert Tunyon. That was the 399th in Aaron Rodgers' career. He would get 400 a little later in the game, a 30-16 to victory for the Green Bay Packers over the Philadelphia Eagles. A reminder that Sartori Cheese donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. Today, a donation of $1,000 will be made to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. Just one field goal from Mason Crosby today in that 30-16 to win. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here. Got a little over an hour left of the program Talking about the win and trying to figure out where the Packers belong in the hierarchy of the NFC. They currently own the number two position behind the New Orleans Saints. That team has caught fire with or without Drew Brees. They are getting it done, perhaps taking advantage of a, a softer spot of the schedule. Things will be far more difficult once the playoffs come around, but... Uh, The thought is Drew Brees will be back, Taysom Hill doing exactly what he needs to do uh, to keep that team where it belongs atop not only their division, but in the NFC. 10-2, the Saints haven't lost since facing the Green Bay Packers a little earlier this year. That becomes an important team to watch down the stretch uh, as the Packers try and navigate their final quarter of the season with uh, not only a matchup against Detroit and Chicago, but Tennessee and Carolina wedged in between. You start looking ahead a little bit. What do the Saints have uh, on their schedule? Because if the Packers and Saints finish tied atop the NFC standings, Packers on the tiebreaker based upon the head-to-head competition. So uh, it was kind of a rock fight for the Saints today. They earned the win over Atlanta. They'll be at Philadelphia next week. They have a home game against the Kansas City Chiefs and Minnesota Vikings on Christmas before facing the Carolina Panthers on the road January 3rd. So the game against the Chiefs certainly stands out to me. Uh, But Minnesota could be playing for an awful lot right now. That team is, you know, a tough start to their season, but now 6-6, second place in the division, expanded playoffs, absolutely. Minnesota's looking at this as if they've got a shot to be a playoff team, and they certainly do. If you're 500 at this juncture of the season, you're in it. You're in the hunt. Plenty to play for. Minnesota playing better football now, certainly, than when Green Bay played them to start the season. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us on the program. It was a sluggish start to the game for the Packers, and it was reminiscent of how this game started against Jacksonville. I want to get to that more coming up on the other side. There's a big difference, a couple big differences, I think, with this particular game and how it started and ended as compared to Jacksonville. A game with Packers started off 
okay, and then had to fight their way out of the paper bag in the fourth quarter to earn a win. Inferior teams coming to Lambeau Field. You know, the Packers, by and large, buried the Eagles today, improving to 9-3 and three in the process. 855-616-1620. One hour down, one to go here on the Packers Radio Network. We'd love to have you join the program as we look back on tonight's 30-16 to 16 victory. Keep you updated on what else is happening around the league throughout the program as well. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We will be back right after this. You're listening to the Packers Radio Network. Packers game day continues. In that situation, again, you know, the the great teams uh, can finish off opponents in that situation. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. As long as we take it one game at a time, don't let nothing get ahead of us, you know, stuff like that. It's going to handle itself. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. They can't just limit us. They can't say, hey, it's two running backs in there. They All they're going to do is run the ball. You never know what we're going to do now. So I feel like it's just giving us more and more weapons. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Aaron Rodgers threw for 295 yards and three touchdowns. Devontae Adams eclipsed the 100-yard mark. Ten receptions, a buck 21 and two scores for Adams. The defense chipped in with a turnover and seven sacks of Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. And the Packers improved to 9-3 and three with a 30-16 win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Through December 31st, get no money down, no interest, and no payments for 12 months, plus $500 off qualifying orders at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Get back to your phone calls here in a moment at 855-616-1620. First, we'll step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers radio network. Breaking news, weather and traffic, 24 hours a day. WTMJ and W277CD. Milwaukee. Injured? Rely on ortho ASAP to get you going again. There is a difference. Overall, a pretty dominant effort from the Packers in tonight's win, 30-16. to You might have been a little bit concerned in the fourth quarter after the Eagles scored a touchdown on a fourth and 18 from the 32-yard line. That was concerning. It capped a nine-play, 73-yard drive. And then, moments later, a punt return to the house for 73 yards, and all of a sudden it was 23-16 to after the missed extra point. So, um, you know, special teams allowed for the Eagles to stay in this one. By and large, the defense was really in control of the Eagles' offense. Aside of that first drive the Eagles had, 15 plays, 41 yards, and a little over seven minutes. But keep in mind, it ended in a field goal, so the Packers stiffened when they needed to. And you had the punt return and that fourth and 18, which was kind of a blown coverage. By and large, this Packers defense was in control of a Philadelphia offense that just does not appear right. Uh, and certainly there's something wrong with the offensive line, beat up by injury. Carson Wentz doesn't look as comfortable. You'd understand why. He's been sacked by more, uh, more times than any quarterback in the game. Point being, the Packers deserved to win this game. They belonged winning this game. They were eight-and-a-half-point favorites, and they darn near doubled up the Philadelphia Eagles, and the defense only gave up 10 points if you take away what special teams did. So by and large, an impressive performance and the Packers hitting their number about on average for a 30-point game. That's about where they sit in terms of average points scored per contest, best in the NFL. So pretty complete team effort, and uh, I guess you'd like to see that against a team 
an inferior opponent in the Philadelphia Eagles. I know they won't say that the Eagles are inferior inside the walls, but the Packers are a better team, and they proved it tonight in nearly every phase. Bill is on the line joining us from Racine. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Bill. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Sure. What a great win. You know, when the uh, touchdown that uh, Adams received, he muscled down uh, on that side of the end zone, it reminded me, Rodgers and Adams reminds me of Montana and Rice. Your comment. Well, there's no denying that they have remarkable chemistry. And this is something Aaron's developed with players like Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb over the years. And since 2014, he and Adams have really built uh, on their connection I, to the point where you add the scheme of Matt LaFleur's and you, you, you wonder how can they take this guy away. Uh, he just he's, he's open and in space, and then he makes contested catches. Matt LaFleur called the catch Devontae Adams made. And let's see, the, the drive started at the one-yard line. It was a 43-yard play. Uh, Adams caught it, and you know he kind of slid on his belly a little bit with defenders draped all over him. The ball hit a defender's hand, I believe. Adams was still able to corral it. And that got the Packers out of a deep hole and was play number one of a 99-play, 99-yard uh, drive, I should say, resulting in a touchdown. Matt LaFleur called that one of the best catches he has ever seen. So not only do you have the incredible chemistry, you have an immense level of trust that if Aaron Rodgers sees one-on-one coverage, or in some cases... Two defenders, he's still going to his guy. And I think a great illustration of their level of chemistry and trust came early in the game. In fact, it was the first touchdown drive for the Packers that uh, was 14 plays, 88 yards long. Over seven and a half minutes a clock chewed up on a third and inches. Third and inches. Rodgers went to Adams in a pass. He saw one-on-one coverage. Adams didn't come down with it. Fourth and inches. Back to Adams passing his way to the end zone. It was a remarkable play in that you're just inches away from scoring a touchdown, but you see the candy, right? You see one defender on one of the best receivers in the game, and Aaron Rodgers is going to take his chances with Devontae Adams. So is it Montana Rice? Well, maybe when we get done with this whole thing, we can look back at the numbers and just dissect how incredible connection these two had. But there's no denying how special it is. And it'd be hard for us to find a, a better connection in all of football. Maybe Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes jumps off the top of the page. Certainly Michael Thomas and Drew Brees, but injuries have affected that in terms of this year's play. Adams and Rodgers, pretty remarkable. Seventh game in a row with a touchdown reception for Devontae Adams. He was in the slot against Darius Slay on that first touchdown. But yes, remarkable chemistry and remarkable trust between Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. 855-616-1620. Let's grab Chris in Michigan next on Packers OT. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? Okay, what do you got? Yeah, I just it was a great win today. I'm uh, just a little conter- concerned about the special teams returns unit. You know, we gave up a long run today and one for a touchdown, so I'd like to hear your take on that. Yeah, and it happened against Jacksonville, too, and, and certainly the timing. You never want to have it. I don't know if there is a good time at all for a punt return for a touchdown, but just when you look to burying a team, you know, just knocking them out, I mean, it was kind of a sleepy game at that point. Packers were doing with 
on offense, whatever they needed to do. They were stopping Carson Wentz, and they made a change to Jalen Hurts, and things looked, I think, a little more interesting for the Eagles on offense. But then all of a sudden, you blink your eye, and after a blown coverage on a 4th and 18 results in a uh, touchdown, you know, you got the punt return for a touchdown. And all of a sudden, it's 23-16, and we're all scratching our heads saying, come on, here we go, come on. Because clearly the Packers outperformed the Eagles. If that happens in the playoffs, you got a problem. And it's happened twice to the Packers this year, once against Jacksonville and once tonight. Inferior teams that will not sniff the playoffs. You can afford that level of mistake against an inferior opponent, or at least the Packers have on a couple of occasions. But against Tennessee, against a playoff caliber opponent, yeah, home or row, that's a problem. Um, and, and by and large, I, I would say special teams has not been it's it's not been a tremendous boost. And it hasn't been an absolute hindrance. It just hasn't been great. It's just been sort of, eh. They're getting not much out of the return game. Tyler Irvin's injury issues are playing a role in that. And perhaps that's where Tavon Austin will make his most significant contribution. And teams, I think, are daring the Packers to bring the ball back in a return. They're not always banging it into the end zone, right? They'll kick it short and say, go ahead. Go ahead. We don't think you're good enough. And they haven't proven the opposing team wrong in that pursuit. So uh, return coverage units, I think, have been spotty at best, better on kickoff than on punt return. Uh, but touchdowns can't happen. Uh, that, that is the, that's the black eye of tonight's game, right? A fourth and 18 blown coverage, punt return for a touchdown. Those plays stand out as much as touchdown passes number 398, 99, and 400 from Aaron Rodgers. Devin is in Green Bay, joining us in Packers OT. Hi, Devin. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. I uh, just have a little concern that I wanted to air out, I guess. Um, speaking on that 4th and 18 and on the punt return for a touchdown, uh, after both or in between those drives, the Packers went three and out twice, and I'm pretty sure all the plays on both those drives were passing plays. And I just kind of feel like at that point in the game with, seven minutes or less going, we should be kind of worried more about clock management, you know, rather than getting down the field and scoring more points or doing whatever the plan was there at that point in the game. Yeah, I, I know what you're getting at here, Devin. And, you know, I, I am certainly not a, as it pertains to Matt LaFleur, uh, a guy who gets too into the play calling and saying, what is going on here? Because it's been so balanced uh, throughout the year, and he's got a all gas, no bleeping breaks sort of mentality. And we also know that Aaron Rodgers has the ability to change plays at the line of scrimmage. For example, on the Devontae Adams touchdown, number 400 of Aaron Rodgers' career, Matt LaFleur called a jet sweep or a jet motion play from the sidelines. And Aaron Rodgers changed it to a pass play to Devontae Adams because of what the defense presented. So we know that Aaron's got that ability to change a play in, in that particular case. It resulted in a touchdown. But here's the sequence. Here's the sequence following that fourth and 18. You had a pass for three yards to Robert Tunyon. You had a very frustrating delay of game. So instead of second and seven, it was second and 12. So that puts you in a passing situation. Incompletes on a, on a deep ball. And there was a little bit of pressure. And then third and 12, I don't know if we want to call it a drop, but it went through the arms of Equinamia St. Brown on a diving reception attempt. And it was a three and out. So 
a little bit of self-sabotage in there. I, I don't know what the call would have been on second and seven, but certainly on second and 12, it looks much different. Following the punt return for a touchdown, you had a running play, and it was a one-yard gain, so minimal gain for Aaron Jones. Then it was a passing play on second and nine that actually went backwards one yard to Devontae Adams. And then on third and 10, it was incomplete. So, uh, and, and I don't know what was happening on that particular play. It looks like Rodgers and Robert Tunyon were maybe not on the same page, whatever the case may be. Uh, but your point is well taken because you're stopping the clock and you're giving the ball back to a team that is just, you know, barely hanging on, right? Just, uh, just trying to hang on. Then after the punt return, another three and out, and it's like, oh boy, here we got a game. So things did change rather quickly. I think it was a, a little self-sabotage with that delay of game on second and seven. And they did try to run the ball on that final or on that next very next drive. It just went nowhere on first down. And then they went backwards on second down. So uh, execution issues, I, I think, could also be labeled in that six-play stretch. But yeah, kind of a sluggish start to the game, kind of a sluggish start to the second half. And some pockets in the second half where when he needed a play, you couldn't get one on those two particular drives. But the very next drive, the 77-yard touchdown from Aaron Jones. So they sealed it. They sealed it with an interception by uh, Darnell Savage, his third in three weeks, and that 77-yard touchdown run by Aaron Jones. As long as you get it done, right? And the Packers did that tonight, 30-16, to the final. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us on the program. Let's step aside, though, for an instant replay update. A look at some scores and highlights from around the league in Week 13. Let's begin out west in Seattle, shall we? Seahawks entered the day as the number two seed in the NFC. They are no longer. Strong formation to the right. Play fake. McCoy throws it right for Morris, who walks in for the touchdown. A little play fake to Morris. They leaked him out in the right flat, and the Giants now lead it 14-5 with the extra point pending. Bob Papa, Carl Banks, Howard Cross with the call on the Giants radio network. Colt McCoy to Alfred Morris. No, it isn't 2012. This is 2020. And the reality is the Giants went on the road with a backup quarterback and beat Russell Wilson and the Seahawks 17-12. New York trailed this game 5-0 at halftime. Not only did the Seahawks fall out of the number two seed, they also fall out of the NFC West Division lead thanks to the Rams' win over the Cardinals. Second down and three. A running play. Henderson takes the handoff. He cuts middle. He's got space. Daryl Henderson hits him with the horsepower. Touchdown, L.A. J.B. Long with the call. 7-10 ESPN in Los Angeles. Rams over the Cardinals 38-28, courtesy of 21 fourth-quarter points. Los Angeles improves to 8-4. and four. Out west in Los Angeles, Cam Newton passed for just 69 yards, but it didn't matter. Sailing toward Olszewski, under it at the number 30. Runs straight ahead to the 40 right side of the 45-50. A burst across the 45-40, 35-30. Cuts across the 25 outside the grasp of the punter. Beats another man. Tight yeah. up the sideline. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Patriots. Gunner Olszewski with a 70-yard punt return for a touchdown. One of two special team scores for New England. 45-0. They shut out the Chargers. Bob Sochi, Scott Zolak with the call on 98.5 Sports Hub the Patriots radio network. Elsewhere around the NFL, very busy day with the New Orleans Saints picking up a win over the Atlanta Falcons, 21-16 the final. With the win, the Saints not only clinch a playoff berth, 
but they hold on to their position atop the NFC with a record of 10-2. and The last time the New Orleans Saints lost the football game, it was against the Green Bay Packers in Week 3. Feels like two or three years ago. Elsewhere around the lead, the Lions improved to 5-7, and seven, a 34-30 win over the Bears. Detroit trailed by 10 with less than three minutes to play. Browns over the Titans in what became a shootout, 41-35. The Titans woke up in the second half scoring 28 points. However, not enough to beat the Browns, who improved to 9-3. Dolphins now 8-4 with a 19-7 win over the Bengals. Tua Tagovailoa, 296 yards and a touchdown in the win. The Vikings need nearly every minute of overtime to pick up a 27-24 win over the Jaguars. The Jets fall to 0-12 with a 31-28 loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. Colts over the Texans, 26-20. And going on right now, see, happening in Kansas City, the Broncos with a 9-3 lead over Kansas City. 6-26 left to go in the second quarter. Monday night football begins in the afternoon with Washington taking on Pittsburgh. The night game features the Bills and 49ers. Cowboys and Ravens close out Week 13 on Tuesday night in Baltimore. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. The aggression to the right side from Lazard. Quick toss left side. Devontae's got it. He gets by Slay to the pylon for the end zone. Touchdown! Devontae Adams with a touchdown reception. And for Aaron Rodgers, his 400th career touchdown pass. He's the fastest of 400 in NFL history. Today's hardest working player of the game is presented by Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Buy online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in the convenient drive-thru. You don't even need to get out of your car. Aaron Rodgers. Today's Blaine's Farm and Fleet, hardest working player of the game. 25 of 34, 295 yards, three touchdowns, a quarterback rating of 128.9. I don't know how that's calculated, but I know that's good. Aaron Rodgers, your hardest working player of the game, presented by Blaine's Farm and Fleet. He easily could have gone with Devontae Adams. We've done that before. Ten receptions, 121 yards, two touchdowns, bullied his way into the end zone for touchdown number 400 of Aaron Rodgers' career. And ultimately gave that ball back to Aaron Rodgers. What a nice gesture. Aaron gets the 400th touchdown ball back. Just 88 interceptions, by the way. For those keeping score at home, that's 400 touchdowns and 88 interceptions. Which begs the question, will Aaron Rodgers get to 500 touchdowns thrown before he reaches 100 interceptions thrown? Who's raising their hand? 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Jeff is in Superior joining us next in Packers OT. Hi, Jeff. Yes, sir. Congratulations on a great win today. And I especially want to congratulate Aaron Rodgers. That's quite an accomplishment. The reason I'm calling today is I'm a lifelong Packer fan. I've been watching the Packers since the 1960s. And what I notice about our team today, and it's been critical in the past, is that our offense doesn't show enough ingenuity and uh, creativity. But I really think we're at the apex of our creativity right now. Because what I'm seeing is certain formations that can lead to several different plays. And I think that causes the defense to think, hmm, what are they doing now? Like, for example, we ha- I think we had almost like a, a tight end screen pass today. And I thought, wow, when do we see that? That's pretty awesome. The pitch back to Aaron Rodgers or to Aaron Jones, he could have thrown that ball. I don't know if he can throw, but, I mean, he chose to run it around the left side of the offense. But Rodgers and the other uh, receivers went around the right. So he could fake the pitch. 
and run out and you got a bootleg uh, for a 10 yard gain. There are so many things, in my opinion, that the Packer offense are showing a defense that we, no wonder we're nine and three. This is, this is great and fun to watch. You know, and another thing to pay attention to, Jeff, is how open receivers are when they catch the ball. You, you may not see on your TV screen when you're watching just how open a guy might be. You just see that the ball's in their hands and nobody's around them. Well, what happened? And I, I think to your point, you watch so much of the Packers and Matt LaFleur's offense and your eyes start playing tricks on you, right? You see Robert Tunyon or Jay Sternberger work his way back through the line of scrimmage and, and be a tight end and all of a sudden he's out in the flat. And how many times have we seen that play run where it goes to the tight end for a six-yard gain? And how many times have we seen Aaron Rodgers peel off of the tight end and go a different direction because he's got multiple options and plays are designed to play tricks on the defense? Multiple options. That's maybe the biggest difference in the Matt LaFleur offense. And, and we started to see a bit of it last year, what the offense could really do, what the scheme could really do. But Mercedes Lewis slips behind a linebacker and there's nobody within 20 yards of him. In fact, he turned and gained another 15 to 20 yards. I, I don't know if he wanted to. I don't know if he wanted to run that much. But there was nobody near him. And you'll see Malik Taylor just bleed across the line of scrimmage uh, or uh, across the, like a crossing route and wide open. Nobody near him. How does that happen? Matt LaFleur's scheme is nowhere near as much predicated on timing and the back shoulder throw. Uh, maybe timing is not the right word to put in there, but think about how many back shoulder throws you saw from Aaron Rodgers to Jordy Nelson, Rodgers to Devontae. Right, the back shoulder. It was this incredible showcase of chemistry and timing between receiver and quarterback. What happens when that receiver gets injured? Do you have the same level of chemistry and timing with the next guy up? Matt LaFleur's offense is nowhere near is predicated on you just got to beat your man. No, it's finding weaknesses. It's finding soft spots in the zone. It's crossing routes. It's rub routes. It's running a play one way out of a formation and then using the same formation, same action, and running a play in a different direction. It's impressive to watch, and it's part of the reason why the Packers are the highest-scoring team in the NFL on average. And they showed it again tonight, 30-16, to the final. Green Bay in command with... A 14-point second quarter. They really didn't have the ball much. Five plays in the first quarter, thanks to a long Philadelphia drive that resulted in a field goal. Ultimately, a pretty complete win here for the Packers with offense and defense. Special teams leaving something to be desired. But this Packers offense, man, I'm telling you, they can hang 30 on just about every team. Man, they've proven it this year. They've hung 40 on each team in the NFC North so far this season. So if you're going to beat Green Bay... You better find a way to get 30 on the board. Otherwise, you might be taking that flight home and it'll be quiet. 855-616-1620. Plenty more to get to coming up on Packers OT. About a half hour left on the program and plenty more time for you as well. We'll dip into the locker room. We'll go back through some of the numbers and hear from you on the other side. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. MVS off that stack in motion to the left. Give is Darren Jones up the middle. Breaks through. 30. Cutting left. 35. He's to the 40. 45 to the 50 down the left sidelines. Still on his feet. Cuts it back. 25-20. He's got a chance to the 10 to the 5 to the end zone. Touchdown. 
Touchdown, Aaron Jones! 77 yards to the north end zone for the dagger! Today's turning point of the game is presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Toyotathon is on, and it's time to ring in the season with a stylish new ride from Toyota. Gotta hurry, though. The incredible savings won't last. Toyota, let's go places. Aaron Jones, well, I guess largely held in check up until that 77-yard touchdown. Put him well over 100 on the day, 120 for Aaron Jones in today's 30-16 to win over the Eagles. And I had thought the turning point was going to come much earlier in the game, but really, I, that touchdown, coupled with the Darnell Savage interception, that's what allowed you to exhale. It, it was kind of a snoozer for a while. The Packers just sort of, you know, gliding their way through the game. Philly just unable to threaten. Nothing doing on offense. Hard to stop Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, to be sure. And then all of a sudden, it was just a, a much closer game than it should have been. 23-16, Aaron Jones put the game away with the 77-yard touchdown run. The blocking on that play is incredible. You're going to see that play five or six times, I'm sure, before you go to bed. Watch MVS. Watch David Bakhtiari. Watch how they allow Aaron Jones to do what he did, the stop-start nature of that run. If Aaron Jones is on an island by himself, I don't think he scores. But he received a little help from his friends, namely MVS and David Bakhtiari. Just an impressive play. One of the plays of the year for the Packers, and a critical one. Coming at a critical time, it allowed the Packers to put the game away. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, let's grab Mike in West Virginia. You're on Packers OT. Hello, Mike. Hey, Greg. How are you doing? All right. Thank you. Good. Um, here's my thing. You've been talking about it all night. Defense and special teams and a lack of turnovers. I don't know if it's because of the COVID going on and lack of, uh, you know, really having a mini camp, really having a, a training camp per se, you know, but I just think that we can't make it past the first round of the playoffs unless we start making turnovers every game, number one. And number two, until we stop all the long gainers on special teams. What say you? Yeah, I don't know that you can beat the Titans uh, if you give up a punt return for a touchdown. And, I, you know, tonight was a case where it was an inferior opponent, and I, I don't know that I learned anything about the Packers tonight. Maybe that's the best way to put it. And I don't think their next measuring stick game is going to come until the Titans visit Lambeau Field. That's a playoff-caliber team. That's a team that scored over 40 in beating Indianapolis and then scored 35 today and lost, uh, or 38 today and lost. They had a wild game against Cleveland. So I, you never know what you're going to get. But I do know this. Derrick Henry, in December, defenders make business decisions when it comes to Derrick Henry. He is a massive running back. And he tends to thrive during the cold weather football games. And that's a guy I look at and say to myself, I don't know how you stop him. Browns were able to do it today. He had just 60 yards. was a non-factor by and large. But looking at the way the Packers' defense is operating against the run, it still gives me pause. Okay, they're 13th in yards allowed on the ground. That's fine. Teams have had to pass their way back into games on many an occasion so far this season. The number that stands out to me, and, and, and I think is most bothersome, is 4.6. The Packers entered today's game allowing 4.6 yards per carry. 
And that number is not going to go down following today's game. Miles Sanders didn't do much. He had 10 carries for 31 yards. There were some running plays by the quarterbacks, namely Jalen Hurts. The ground game did not hurt the Packers today. Their run defense did not hurt the Packers today. But against the Titans, that's a different cat. That's a different animal. They can be explosive. They're better all over the field on offense. So that's the kind of team you could see in the playoffs. I have no idea who the Packers are going to end up against in the playoffs. I mean, this is, a, this is the Wild West right now. Uh, and yes, I, I think there are teams the Packers match up with better than others. But I, I just don't see another 38-10 to 10 clunker happening. The game against Minnesota, that was a head-scratcher. So a couple of head-scratchers and a, a hard-fought loss against Indianapolis, and, and Colts should be a playoff team. That was a frustrating one. Turnovers, that was the issue there. But I, if the Packers don't turn the ball over, I, I, I like their chances to win. I really do. And the rest of the schedule this season, Carolina, Tennessee, Chicago, and Detroit, yeah, kind of a mixed bag. Really, it's only Tennessee, as I talked about, uh, that'll have any opportunity to be a playoff team. In fact, uh, the other teams likely to be under 500. The Bears are the only other team that could even be 500 when the team's next play, and that'll be the final week of the season. So uh, you're not going to learn a lot about this team, I don't believe, until you get that game against the Titans. That'll be the measuring stick game. That will fuel your thoughts about this team, I think, more so than any other game going into the playoffs. you got to wait a couple of weeks, but it's coming. Can't overlook any other opponent, but the Titans are certainly the team that jumps off the page here looking at the final four games of the regular season. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Second and ten, he takes, fakes the handoff to Sanders, steps up, and now Hurts is hit, and he's sacked. Back inside the 40-yard line. Tried to step up, the pocket collapsed, and a host of Green Bay defenders were there. And a reminder, through December 31st, you can get no money down, no interest, and no payments for 12 months, plus $500 off qualifying orders at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. For details, visit PellaWI.com. Greg Matzik with you. About 20 minutes left here. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us. Uh, not only a win for the Packers tonight, 30-16 to the final, but... Milestone Sunday at Lambeau Field with Devontae Adams eclipsing the 1,000-yard mark for the season. And Aaron Rodgers throwing for his 398th, 399th, and 400th career touchdowns. An amazing career that will result in, uh, ultimately, a gold jacket in a Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Rodgers on 400 touchdowns, faster than anyone has ever reached the milestone. It was a cool moment. And again, to throw it to him, he did all the work. You know, I feel like my 100th touchdown was a really good throw to JJ on the seam route. The other ones weren't extremely difficult uh, touchdown uh, throws. Um, but I am uh, I'm proud of the number thrown to a lot of guys over the years who've been a part of that 400 number. And what about the opportunity to reach 500? Keep this in mind. Aaron Rodgers has 400 touchdowns and just 88 interceptions. So... Can he get to 500 
before he gets to 100? Yeah, like my man Kevin Garnett said one time, anything's possible. I think uh, that would be sweet. I haven't necessarily identified that as a goal. I'm just living in the moment for this for this year, uh, trying to enjoy it as much as possible, and hopefully I'll you know still be playing to have uh, have 500. But uh, we'll see. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. Mark is in Milwaukee, joining us on Packers OT. Hi, Mark. Hi. Yeah. Um, there were two face masks that weren't called. Uh, that, that you know that they weren't they weren't uh, uh, grievous for sure. But they're nevertheless they were they're definitely face mask uh, contact uh, uh, with face mask. And one was um, on Adams' uh, stiff arm uh, going into the end zone, and uh, I believe that was Adams. Uh, and and he you know he definitely turned the head of the uh, of the defender grabbing the face mask and the other one I believe that was uh, Aaron Jones uh, run from scrimmage um, and uh, he got uh, face masked by the defender um, and I'm wondering was that a give back or 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 were the the refs just playing a little loose and letting him play uh, I don't know I, when it comes to face masks and targeting and blows to the head stuff like that I, I don't think there's any. Okay, well, we gave you one on this play. We're not going to call it this time. I, I don't think it exists with those kinds of penalties. I, I saw the one on Jones real time, and it just looked awkward. And they did show another view of it on the TV copy. And, and I'm in studio. I'm not at Lambeau Field this year. It's just how it worked out. And to me, it appeared there was an official in position who I, I don't know how he wouldn't have seen Aaron Jones' head spun the way it was spun. So, I, yeah, I mean, I was a little surprised about it. Turned out to be a nice gain for Aaron Jones anyway. I think a six- or eight-yard gain. Uh, but what could have been, right? Maybe a five- or 15-yard face mask penalty. So I, I didn't watch the game tonight and say to myself, man, the officiating has been terrible. I didn't think that was the case. But, yes, a, a missed call or two. I think you'll get that week to week. Seems to happen more often than not as uh, you've got humans running the ship. But, no, I didn't look at today's game and say it was just a, a horribly officiated game. I didn't get that feeling at all. Chris in Eagle River, you're next on Packers OT. Hi, Chris. Hey, i just like to say um, I think that, you know, if they get into the playoffs and they try and make a run, they're really going to have to shore up that run defense because uh, they seem to have a lot of trouble, like you said before, stopping the run and – when the Packers don't have a one or two touchdown lead, their defense seems to struggle. Uh, I'll hang up and listen to your comments. Thank you. Yeah, you nailed it, Chris. So I, the, the defense has been assisted by the offense's ability to jump out to double-digit leads. And this Packers defense, and I've said it all year long, and this was the case a year ago as well, this Packers defense is designed to stop the pass. Their belief is... You're going to have to throw the ball to keep up with us because our offense is on the gas. And that's what this year has proven. When the Packers are protecting the ball, they are finding ways to score points. This offense is outstanding. No team in football is averaging more points per game than the Packers, right? So I, I get where the theory comes from. Their ability to stop the run is somewhat predicated on the offense's ability to score points. When Carson Wentz had to pass, he was in trouble tonight. And the numbers show it. And Eagles quarterbacks were sacked seven times. There was a stretch of the game where the Eagles were down double digits for a good chunk of the game. Second, third quarter, Packers jumped out to a lead in the first, uh, or after the first quarter. And I, they just had to get their way back into the game. And it's not an explosive offense. They were in trouble. Tennessee is a team that 
is able to run the ball. And they use play action off of the run. Sound familiar? It's what Matt LaFleur likes to do. So Matt LaFleur and Mike Vrabel know each other very well. They know each other's tendencies, what each other likes to do. But there's a reason San Francisco passed the ball, what, seven times in the NFC Championship game? They didn't need to. They felt they could do all the damage necessary by running the football and keeping Aaron Rodgers on the sidelines. So, yes, that's when you start to look at matchups in the uh, NFC playoff race. There will be some teams much more adept at running the football than others. And I think the balance of offensive power is in the AFC when it comes to balanced offenses and how do you stop them? And the Titans are one of those teams. They will come to Green Bay in a couple of weeks for a Sunday night contest. Looking forward to that. But yes, the numbers bear it out. The Packers have a average to subpar run defense. That's what the numbers suggest. And I think Tennessee will be the team that that puts the Packers to the test, the biggest test going into the playoffs. 855-616-1620. If you'd like to join us, we'll have one more segment of Packers OT coming up following our final instant replay update. A look at scores and highlights from around the league in Week 13. Let's start in Atlanta. Falcons taking on the NFC's top seed, the New Orleans Saints. First and 10 at the 11, Hill in the gun. Takes the snap and hands it off to Kamara right up the middle, spinning. Touchdown, Alvin Kamara. The one-legged spin right around the two-yard line, and the Saints punch it in on the opening drive. Here in the second half. Zach's brief with the call. WWL, the Saints, radio flagship with the call. Falcons would have a chance to win it at the end. Matt Ryan's Hail Mary not answered. Saints hold on 21-16, securing a playoff berth in the process. Their fourth straight. NFC North Division showdown in Detroit where the Lions trailed the Bears by 10 with three minutes to play. Second down at seven, quick snap. Trubisky got a roll to the near side. He's got Komet, turns his shoulders, 10, five, end zone, touchdown! Touchdown Bears! Komet runs all the way into the tunnel. As Cole Komet and a perfectly executed play, Trubisky, 11 yards for the touchdown. Jeff Doniak and Tom Thayer with the call, WBBM News Radio, 780 and 105.9 FM in Chicago, but credit the Lions for roaring back. With a touchdown, then a strip of Bears quarterback Mitch Trubisky to set up another score with less than a minute and a half to go. Two touchdowns, less than a minute for Detroit. They end up topping the Bears 34-30. Both teams now 5-7. and seven. Wild game in Cleveland. The Browns suddenly hot, hosting the explosive Titans. It was Cleveland that stormed out to a lead. Mayfield from under center. Play action fake. Boot legs it out to the right. He's throwing down the right sideline. He's got people's jokes wide open. He's gone. 20, 10, 5, touchdown. 75 yards on one play. Jim Donovan and Doug Deacon with the call on the Browns radio network. Tennessee would make it interesting with 28 second half points, but not enough. Browns improved to 9-3 with a 41-35 win. Wild game in Cleveland. Elsewhere around the league, 45-0. The Patriots shut out the Chargers. Justin Herbert intercepted twice. The rookie going up against Bill Belichick's defense. The New York Giants do the Packers a solid, upsetting the Seahawks on the road. 17-12, the Giants maintain their position atop the NFC East. Seattle falls to the number two position in the NFC West and a wildcard position in the NFC playoff race. The Rams now atop the NFC West, 
with a 38-28 win over the Arizona Cardinals. AFC matchup between the Colts and Texans goes to Indianapolis 26-20 the final. Raiders extend the Jets' feudal streak. New York now 0-12. Las Vegas gets the win 31-28. Vikings over the Jaguars 27-24 in overtime. Minnesota now 6-6. According to the numbers, they have a 32% chance at being a playoff team. Dolphins over the Bengals 19-7. And all sorts of stuff going on tonight and tomorrow and even Tuesday. Broncos over the Chiefs 10-9 at halftime. Kind of a rock fight going on in Kansas City. Monday Night Football, Washington and Pittsburgh, the early game. Bills and Niners, the late game. Cowboys and Ravens will play Tuesday in Baltimore. We'll wrap up Packers OT on the other side. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Eagles to the line of scrimmage in the shotgun. Hurts got Sanders to his right. Rager to the left side, slots it up to the right. Now here's the snap. Hurts hit as he throws right side. Diving grab on the interception. Diving grab by Darnell Savage. His third interception in two games. 30-16 the final. The Packers improved to 9-3 with a win over the Philadelphia Eagles. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Greg Matzik with you, wrapping things up here. Let's uh, grab another phone call. Bill is in Ohio joining us on Packers OT. Hi, Bill. Hey there. Uh, how are you doing tonight? All right. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I, I was wondering. Uh, I looked at the seedings, and the Packers are currently at two. The Vikings just moved into the seventh spot. Do you think we can slow down Dalvin Cook the next time? I, you know, Bill, I, I don't know if it's as much, and, and, and granted, that is a, a significant component to beating the Minnesota Vikings should they meet again. There's no doubt. But I think it's also on the offense to get its job done against the Minnesota defense. And that happened in week one of the season. It did not happen in their most recent matchup. And because of that, I, Dalvin Cook was a major part of the game plan and was allowed to run wild. I, he put up video game numbers in their second meeting. But if you recall... The Packers jumped out to a 22-10 lead at the half in week number one. And I don't want to say Dalvin Cook was rendered useless, but Kirk Cousins had to pass their way back into the game. And Cook finished the day with 12 carries for 50 yards. That was week one. So I, I do credit the Packers' run defense. They did the job. Ultimately, Minnesota scored 24 points in the fourth quarter, so things definitely got too interesting for most people's comfort level. But Dalvin Cook did not run away with that game. So the Packers' ability to stop Dalvin Cook, it's there's two components to it. It's stopping Dalvin Cook, but it's also limiting his attempts. And the way you limit his attempts is by, you know, putting points on the scoreboard, forcing Kirk Cousins to have to throw the football. Now, a couple big differences with the Vikings. Justin Jefferson is becoming an incredible receiver as a rookie out of LSU. Uh, they didn't really have him well established in week one of the regular season. So now you got Adam Thiel and any of Justin Jefferson. I don't want to say they've forgotten all about Stephon Diggs, but Jefferson has certainly cushioned that blow. So it's a different team right now than the Packers saw in week one, that 43-34 to win. And those young cornerbacks are also probably a little more settled in than they were back in week one when Aaron Rodgers had a 364-yard passing day. So uh, the simple answer is I have no idea. But the best way to stop a run 
game is force them to pass. Right? That's just, you know, if you're not going to load the box, force them to pass, have the offense provide an assist. 30-16 to 16, the final. We will talk again next week here on the Packers Radio Network. Green Bay headed off to Detroit to face the Lions. They've got Carolina and Tennessee on the schedule before finishing the season against the Chicago Bears. So one quarter of the season left. The Packers a 99% chance to make the playoffs. They will lock up the division with one more win. Hopefully that comes next weekend against the Detroit Lions. Always appreciate you being a part of our program each and every week. Thanks to our executive producer, Ashton Rotman, coordinating producer, Greg Hill, Evan Wittallison cutting highlights, and you for being a part of our show. 30-16, to 16, Green Bay now 9-3 on the season, 5-1 at Lambeau Field. The Philadelphia Eagles fall to 3-8-1, and 1-5 one, one and away from their friendly confines. 295 yards passing for Aaron Rodgers and three touchdowns. Aaron Jones, 130 yards rushing and a score. Devontae Adams, 10 receptions, 121 yards, two touchdowns. The defense chipping in seven sacks in tonight's win. We'll talk to you again next week on the Packers Radio Network. Thanks for being a part of our program. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. Enjoy the rest of your night on the Packers Radio Network.